Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build products and recover from burnout. I'm Benedict. And I'm Brian. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we figure things out. Today is March 16th, and I am feeling motivated. This is episode number 82, and I'm feeling confused. Oh, no. And that's solely because of daylight saving <laughs> and uh, Europe switching in. Yes. I think it's in two weeks, and the yeah. US switched, and, uh, and Russia isn't switching at all. So <laughs> <laughs> just all over the place. It's all over the place. It yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah. I had a moment of panic Sunday night, like laying my head down on the pillow. And because because Legos in Denmark are you know our calls are fair are early in the morning for me, six a.m. typically, and so I was like laying down and just boom! Oh my gosh, is it five a? Is it five a.m. or seven a.m.? Because I mean, knowing from talking <laughs> to you, you 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 know CET has not switched yet. Yeah, and I just completely panicked. But the great news is that now that for at least for the next couple of weeks, that six a.m. call is only at seven a.m. It's great. <laughs> That's nice. It's really nice. It's really nice. But it, it does it does mean that it, it bled over into our call here and I was I was five minutes late. Um and uh and you were wondering where where on earth I was. So apologies. I was just assuming that maybe I got the time wrong. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That Brian, was total a total possibility. Yeah. <laughs> In your head, Brian's just wandering around the kitchen making breakfast for the kids for school, and we'll talk in an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't quite sure. And I, I have another call coming up sometime after this one, and I'm not yeah. entirely sure when. Um, we'll see. <laughs> what will, man, what would it take for the entire world to come together under a common cause um, and, and get rid of? daylight savings time once and for all yeah i don't know i mean a, a the, miracle i think um, uh, yeah, probably yeah <laughs> yeah what would it take for all of humanity to uh to get all of bureaucracy together and do a thing you know track yeah. record not looking great <laughs> <laughs> no not at all <laughs> uh what's going on what's, besides uh time zone confusion what's happening for you yeah, um, feels like a lot of small things are happening these days. Um, one of the, well, I want to say one of the exciting things, but it's about taxes, so I'm not entirely sure how exciting it actually oh, it's can so be. So exciting! Are you kidding me? We're talking about taxes <laughs> for the entire hour. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I could learn a thing or two from you. Seriously, doubt it. So I mentioned that we switched uh, the accounting service yes. uh, we've been using, and yes. now we're working with a new team and a new CPA and a new bookkeeper. And now, like preparing our tax returns, got a lot more complicated, or even like a lot of more work is involved for me because suddenly someone is actually looking at the mm. details and like figuring <laughs> out stuff that isn't quite right, or maybe where we have to double check something, or where we have yeah. to provide additional documentation and yeah. one part of me is like oh why why do i have to do this and the other part of me is like yes finally someone who actually knows yeah. what yes. they're doing and is actually caring about yeah. that i don't have a clue about so um while it's a little bit more work i am super excited to uh, to be working with someone who actually 
yep. takes this seriously and uh, sure. checks, checks the numbers and like, yeah, is very detail oriented and that mm-hmm. that feels great to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, yeah, it it's one of those things where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this, but future you will be yeah, will be proud yeah. Of you. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least, future me won't have any problems with any of yeah, this right. in the future, right? Um, because it looks like, um, and even though I like, I try to like uh, check as many things as possible, like even in previous years, and like be as accurate as possible. But it looks like um, there are still some issues. Like the new CPA found some. Mm-hmm. question or had some questions about previous tax returns that i don't have good answers to at, at least not yet so um yeah maybe that's great yeah no it'll help you help you get those things answered and documented and then it's yeah <clears throat> yeah so yeah that's that's happening uh kind of didn't really plan for it but of, obviously i mean uh, tax season is in full swing uh so didn't really plan for it but now i have to take care of that stuff as well mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, it it's work, but it's kind of good to to do this now because figuring out this in yeah. like five years or so will be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bookkeeping is just not my is not my wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, I mean, I actually had some bookkeeping and accounting education in school for like yeah. two or three years, and that's helpful. These like now that I'm running businesses, mm-hmm. it's actually helpful to know some of yeah. the basics. Uh, but it's uh, yeah. it's still not a lot of fun, like no, uh, going not... through all transactions or as like you just even, just looking through all the expenses of 2020 uh, took me a, an entire Saturday morning last week. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, I am I am not looking forward to our doing our taxes next year because this year we will have rental income off of Mm. our house which is not our primary residence but is our only residence also we sold a bunch of bitcoin also you know my home office is going to be on the road like Mm. what are it just all sorts of things that are just going to be different questions but i mean i think the the bitcoin thing is, is simple enough it's just like multiple things going on of yeah categorizing and setting some taxes you know some payments aside and yeah uh, yeah. oh well (laughs) whatever i'm i'm more than happy to to pay taxes to support our infrastructure i just wish it were easy to uh, sure yeah to file it yeah did i mention um my like my german business uh, kind of my solo practitioner entity Mm -hmm. whatever Mm-hmm. Uh, is audited this year or was audited no or is in the way. process of being audited um and that was like i still I, I still haven't heard back from them um like i'm not entirely sure like did i pass is everything in order like, <laughs> are they coming up with lawsuits or whatever oh my gosh um, but that was a that was quite an experience as well i mean luckily like um because of COVID and stuff like that, they didn't want to visit and like look through all my documents in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mostly my uh, my accountant handled all of it. 
But I had some weird, like some weird questions. Like, I mean, in a way, I'm kind of relieved that I had weird, that they had weird questions because I assume <laughs> that means they didn't find anything. There's nothing obvious. Glaring. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, <laughs> they reviewed like three or four years of like uh, tax returns and books and stuff like that. Yeah. And in the early days, I was still running, like basically using my personal bank account for all of the stuff. So they started asking questions about mm -hmm. who's this Katrin person who's paying you <laughs> rent every month? And <laughs> where's the contract for that? And stuff like that. Uh yeah. Sometimes it feels like why? why? <laughs> so stressful. There was one. There was one year that Laura and I. So we have a, had a you know a joint investment account. Um, it wasn't an IRA. It was like we have or which is a a, a retirement vehicle mm -hmm. in the U.S. But um, so it wasn't that we had a separate you know joint additional uh, investment fund that we were putting money into, and we transferred it from one company to another. Um, and so when it transferred, I mean, that's a withdrawal, a full on just withdrawal mm -hmm. of all that money. And we put every cent of it into this, a different account with a different company to be managed differently. And I, 100% my fault, I did not report correctly to the IRS that when we withdrew that money, we then deposited it into an identical mm -hmm. vehicle. And so, you know, sometime in the summer, I get like a 65 page thick folder in my mailbox from the internal revenue service. That's like, you owe us, you know, however many thousands of dollars. Um, and, you know, da, 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 all this stuff, just like we're going to be, and I freaked out. Like, that's like the last thing in the world you want to see. Fortunately, we're able to get it all sorted out, just for show some documentation and everything was all good. But for two and a half weeks there, I was not sleeping well. Um, like, great, the yeah, IRS is yeah. coming after us. But uh, it's just so much, like, not the sort of thing you want to get wrong ever. <laughs> no, no, definitely yeah. not. So I've never done my taxes myself again from that year on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what's funny is, like, I did... I didn't do like since i started freelancing or like being independent i didn't do my tax returns by myself but i did all of my bookkeeping yeah. and um yeah at least for of until a couple of years ago and interestingly enough like like when they started when they when they requested this audit now they basically wanted to see like everything since the day i used the, the accountant <laughs> and the bookkeeper mm -hmm. <laughs> And I, uh, my only suspicion is like that the huh. transition wasn't like super smooth. Like as I said, like it was using my my personal bank account, and mm -hmm. there was some back and forth until we had like my initial books imported in their mm -hmm. software and stuff like that. So I, I right. guess it's a little bit wonky, and they wanted to get a closer yeah, look. <laughs> make sure it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would love to hear from people like who who uses a bookkeeper, who uses a CPA for, I, guess, I mean, yeah, for, for tax returns. Hopefully everybody is hiring somebody to do their tax returns, but on a month-to-month -month basis, are you hiring a, a bookkeeper? I feel like for me, I don't, I don't hire a month-to-month -month bookkeeper because my consulting business is such low volume 
that there's just not a lot to keep up with. Yeah. So I don't know, but I could be missing out on benefits I'm not aware of. And yeah, like I used to do all, as I said, like I used to do all of my bookkeeping um, until the new VAT regulation yeah. yep. uh, was introduced. And then suddenly it became so complicated. Really complicated. Yeah. And there was a software update from the, from the accounting software that I was using back then. Yeah. And like I wasn't able like I wasn't able to figure out how this is supposed to work anymore. Yeah. And that was the point where I decided to okay, this I was spending a day every month just like trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing and in the end I'm still yeah. making mistakes. This has to go. Um yeah. honestly by now, like now that I'm just working for UserList, it's it's a lot simpler again. I'm kinda considering to go back to doing it myself but also yeah. <laughs> uh maybe maybe not a wisest use of my time yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well complicated yeah <clears throat> well what anyways. else yeah what else that's that's the exciting stuff that's been going on and more boring stuff like <laughs> i've been doing some software development <laughs> 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 oh, so, uh, we made some good progress. Or actually, like the user and company profiles are basically done. I think I have like two small things I need to fix, um, and then I then that part is ready to roll out. Okay. I have to admit that I went a bit, little bit overboard with other <laughs> things that I refactored in the process as well. Um, you didn't go so, overboard. You're in the zone, Benedict. Yeah. Positive yeah. language. <laughs> I, I was but, in the zone and fixed a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, you could argue that that it was a waste of time because, like, it didn't really change anything in the UI. But code is in much better shape now, the front-end code. And I yeah. um, was able to, like, rip some old stuff out, stuff out mm -hmm. and, like, mm -hmm. fix some issues that were not... Not big problems, but like small things here and there that just yeah. didn't, didn't work right. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, I still have to do some testing this week because, as I said, I touched a lot of things. So I have to make sure that I didn't actually accidentally break signups or anything like that. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's I think it's ready to roll out. Um, so that's that's uh, sweet. That's nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, we also introduced a new icon set, <laughs> which sounds like a small thing, but oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had like we we spent I think we spent a week or so last year just like fixing our icon set or mm -hmm. like how we use icons throughout the, the UI. Mm -hmm. So it was relatively easy to to swap out the icon set. Um, and the whole reason why we did it is like the old one was just too small. Like, <laughs> it too had like small in three, terms of not enough, uh, not enough, not icons enough icons. Yeah, right. It had like yeah. 200, 250 icons. Yeah, and it was like it was hard to find one that actually fits. So yeah, we do, we are now using Font Awesome. Um, uh huh. And that's like a huge library of like massive every possible thing you can think of. Uh -huh. um, so I'm excited about that because that finally gives me some icons that I was previously <laughs> missing. And you know, it sounds like crazy, but like it feels like it also unlocks, unlocks some features that we 
couldn't properly <laughs> do because we didn't have the icons for it. <laughs> so yeah, that that part is cool. Like I'm looking forward to this um, to make good. use of this a little bit more. Um, the other thing that that we did was um, uh, there was a discussion in in, in Mega Maker about like um, email marketing tools and like just like yeah lifecycle messaging tools yeah and someone mentioned user list which was nice um and then in that conversation someone was like yeah but like is there a way to disable tracking like i don't want to i care about privacy and i don't yep. want like uh, clicks and opens and i want, don't want to spy on my customers mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah um it's not possible to do this right now but it's one of the things we want to do eventually i do it as soon as someone asks for it and then in that the conversation went on and was like, yeah, I'm asking for it. And I, okay, will you become a customer if I build this? And she was like, yes, yes, I will. Um, so I built this last week. Uh, it wasn't a lot of work because we had the, the, the basic setup already in place. It was merely mm-hmm. like adding database fields to store like your, your setting and your configuration and then like expose it in UI. And now we have it. Like uh, you can now go to the settings and disable uh, click and open tracking. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, someone suggested nice. I should probably tweet at DHH. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could be a good marketing tactic. <laughs> so yeah. That's um, awesome. That's a small thing. And then the really exciting thing that kind of also is a small thing because it wasn't that much of work is um I think it was yesterday Peter Zoom reached out to me um and asked if like how far along we are with like the marketing features that we're planning to build mm-hmm. um because he's he he just announced to uh, announced this new project uh reform reform.app and was looking for a a tool to put his marketing email list into I was like yeah I don't like we don't have anything built yet but let's make this work. So, and then I spent uh, a couple of hours yesterday basically re- removing the identifier limitation that we had, where you have to send a user identifier for every user. Yeah. Uh, removed that um, and enabled that feature on his account. And now he's uh, he sent user list first marketing broadcast Wh- earlier. Uh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So it That's was a lot. Pretty amazing. It's a little bit of a hack, yeah. to be honest. Well, <laughs> like, so I mean, yeah, like user list can send marketing emails. In a way, yeah. If you if you send me a CSV file, yes, <laughs> it's totally can, doable. We could totally <laughs> do it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but, I mean, but it's step one, I guess. Uh, yeah. We have someone who's actually using yes. it, and um, yep. It wasn't that hard to be honest. Um, like the APA now supports like sending in users without identifier, just with an email address. Mm-hmm. There's no way to update those users ever again. <laughs> you can't match them to customers. Uh, but I guess that, that all of that is coming as well, soon as Peter needs it. <laughs> I was going to say there's no automated way to do it. Yes, you, I mean, you, you will can be always able go to in it. there, yeah, of course, right? And this is is are you, is this this will be related to the like global unique identifier project that you are also trying to like where 
you have a, a, an ID for a, a, com- a customer record that could come from app, the app ID, from their email address, from some segment ID. Like when you yeah. build that part of it, then it'll all come together automated or? Yeah, I guess like, I mean, right now, like we don't have anything else but the email address. So in a way, then the, the current identifier is the email address. And so now we need a way to, once you send it, that email address and the user ID, we have to like figure out, oh, we already know about this email address. So it's probably that user we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and then like merge that together. Um, yeah. And I did some work on that a couple of weeks ago. So mm-hmm. I have a rough idea. Um, and as I said, like as soon as Peter is ready to onboard customers inside his application, we probably have to build this. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, pretty amazing to have you, you all have decided a product direction and now you have somebody on that track that you can prioritize feature development for a, a live customer. Yeah. Yeah. Way better than, yeah. And it was kind of the thing that convinced me was that like, he's very early on in the journey as well. Like, yeah. We had a couple other people who asked for this and be like, yeah, I want to use this. And But like they all were like further along the journey. They had a product and a marketing mm-hmm. list and they needed like all of the features right now. Whereas Peter is like starting from scratch. He only needs this one particular thing at this very moment. Yes. So it's yeah. a lot easier to like get started with him and his relatively small set of requirements and then like add stuff here and there when he needs it or before he needs it mm-hmm. ideally before he needs it uh, <laughs> but it's like we can do it in, in small increments instead of having like to to build a lot of things at once to be able just to just support this one early customer solid that's exciting that's really exciting man i'm i'm excited as well and we didn't really plan for it it just happened um but I guess it's progress and uh, some outside pressure is also helping to keep this like moving forward. <laughs> just enough, just enough pressure. Yeah. Um, there? The only other thing I did last week was, um, so with the company stuff nearing completion, we have to update our documentation again to like um, outline the new APIs we have for this. And in the process, I was like, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how our API documentation is embedded in our, um, in our knowledge base right now because it's essentially a big long article that I wrote a couple, well, at this point, a couple of years ago. Um, and it, while it has all the information, it feels like it's not super parsable and not like super developer friendly, and it also only touches on like on on the surface of like what the API actually can do. Like it's super flexible, but the API documentation doesn't really talk about that because it just like outlines one use case and that's it. So last week I've been thinking about like, how do we go about this? Like I wanna I wanna show what this thing can do and how flexible it is a little bit better, but I also want it maintainable. And I don't know, it's just, yeah, I don't know. A better documentation than what we have right now is what I want to have. Yeah. And um, 
then was like, okay, maybe maybe I should look into uh, the open API spec, um, which lets you basically define, yeah, it's a spec for defining a spec for your API. <laughs> okay. So you, you basically write a big, long YAML file that describes like all of the endpoints you have, like the what data they accept, um, what what the responses look like. It allows you to model like your your models in a way, like the response bodies you're you're sending mm -hmm. back and forth. Um, and it started like writing an API spec for a push, push API. And in a way, it's pretty cool. It wasn't that complicated, but like the documentation that you can generate from that still isn't. I mean, it kind of works, but it's also because the API is so flexible and it accepts like multiple different like data schemas and whatever, and like optional stuff, and you can nest stuff and things like that. Like the generated API is kind of, or the a generated API documentation is kind of wonky. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's actually easier to just outline and write it yourself rather than. Yeah. Try. It would be nice to get like a, a, some, some sort of middle ground. So it don't have like, mm -hmm. like do all the formatting myself and like be sure that everything is consistent, but also just using the spec probably doesn't cut it either. So it's, I don't know, I'm, I don't have a good solution yet. Um, anyways, um, I was kind of excited about the open API spec because it in theory also allows you to generate um, API clients for different uh, different languages and, and, and frameworks and stuff like that. Huh? I gave it a try like with one of the generators generate like a ruby library from that and honestly this is not something i ever <laughs> dare to publish <laughs> uh hmm. yeah i don't know it, it sounded more promising in the in the beginning than what the results uh, are looking That's like too bad yeah um, but I have mm -hmm. not fully given up on it yet. So maybe, maybe there's some middle ground and maybe I can use the spec to maybe generate part of the documentation. I yeah, there you go. Yeah. Use it like as it creates an outline for you and, and then maybe fill in the blanks or something like that. Fill in yeah. Blanks. yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck. Hey, can, can you hear this phone alarm going off in the background on my microphone? No, nothing. Okay, good. My kids phone alarm has been going off for a solid 12 minutes right above my head and it's <laughs> driving Great. me nuts. But I remember staying in a hotel, like I was okay. on a business trip for work and in the hotel, like the hotel had like very thin walls or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And my upstairs neighbor had an alarm set <laughs> for like 5 a.m. <laughs> and apparently he wasn't in his room uh, when his alarm went oh. off. So. My it was God. ringing for like half an hour at 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> That's not pleasant. That's no, not pleasant. Isn't. <laughs> Anyways, um, <sighs> yeah. That's basically everything that has been going on in the last couple Great. of weeks on my side. Like, what's, cool. what's new with you? 
Um, let's see. So last last week, um, we so Graham and I we made some pretty big or finished. I I would say finished some big revisions to the to the game to backpack that we'd been talking about. I think I talked about them a couple of weeks ago here. Um, and so spent some time getting the, getting that into the rule book. We played through it. I think we've played through it twice now. Um, and it, it plays, it plays much tighter. Uh, it's still, you know, it's still, it still feels a little long and it's just so hard to know. Is that because of tabletopia? Is that because of trying to play it online or, will the decisions take this long sitting down at it, you know, on a tabletop as well. And our, it, my sense, it sure feels like it, it's slow because it's, it's digital and it's just harder to look at multiple things quickly when you're having to zoom around the screen. So anyway, if anything, doing this, doing it on Tabletopia so much early on is forcing us to really be sure that the game plays tight and that's only going to to make it even better when we do get a, a physical version. Um, but it definitely it already plays much more. It, it it feels much more succinct. It it plays much tighter and shorter now. Um, and so uh, we yeah we just we we confirmed that all of the all the setup, the graphics, and everything, all of the card descriptions are uploaded. I spent some time on the the rule book documentation um <laughs> uh and so now we're gonna start rolling it back out for some more managed play testing and and completely uh, and, and blind play testing to to start getting that feedback so we will you know we will we will see at, at a certain point being able to say okay from this point forward the changes will be you know uh fixing typos making card descriptions a little more clear but the game is ready like that i i'm itching to get to that point and i just don't i don't know if if this is that round or not like you know we'll we'll get through 10 12 play tests and see what sort of feedback we get um because I would love to be able to say, okay, cool. We're going to continue to revise it, but at this point, let's get a quote and let's run a campaign. Or let's get a quote and let's pull some money together. Um, how do we want to do this? But it, I, I would love if we could get to that point before the summer, but we will We will see. Sounds exciting. Like Sounds, sounds like you're close. Um, did you ever like uh, do the paper prototype thing? Like... The yeah the so the very first versions of the game were a paper prototype, and we mm. like hand wrote hand wrote cards like sat down played it you know, um, and and that was really really helpful to see okay yes this is there's a germ of an idea here this is legit this is this could be fun, um, and so what's the best way for us to be able to like do. To, to run fast, like to make more iterations faster. Now we need to, let's take it digital. That yeah. makes it easier to do play tests. And so <laughs> it's like, f figure it out. Is there something for this in on paper? Yeah, totally. Okay, let's get it into Tabletopia, play it a bunch, yeah. and now then extract it back out of digital mm. into, a, into a physical version. 
And are you plan like are you planning to just like go go ahead and print it, produce it, or are you planning to like another paper prototype to figure out like how does it feel with the new the new pacing and stuff like so that, that on paper? Yeah. Right. So that would be the point at which you know if the if this round of ten to twelve play tests comes back um, like very like pretty pretty good as opposed to good with a lot of suggestions, um, then that's the point at which we'll probably say, okay, now it's worth reinvesting the time and materials into a paper prototype. And let's, mm. uh, but, but let's go ahead and say, okay, at this point we are ready to move forward with trying to get a campaign together while in parallel we work out the kinks, you know, on, on paper. Yeah, that makes it's sense. kind of where it's pretty much where our our head is at. Are you set on, good? Uh, are you set on doing like a Kickstarter campaign or? No, no, we're not not set on that um, at all. Like the upside of you know the upside of Kickstarter is if it funds, cool. Like that that answers a lot of questions downside of kickstarter is the world is just riddled with horror stories you know <laughs> of campaigns that actually successfully fund and then utterly fail the designers um because of fulfillment problems and miscalculating shipping and just all the junk that goes into it mm. and so the alternate the alternatives are you know to to fund it ourselves to get 500 copies printed at 20 bucks a piece and keep them in our garage and try to sell them one-on-one -on -one through a website. That's one option. The other option is in parallel with running a Kickstarter campaign is to pitch it to, to publishing companies and see if somebody wants to, to pick it up and license it and take over development and fulfillment. That's a long mm -hmm. shot for a first time designer. Mm -hmm. um, like one thing that I'm w wondering is like Kickstarter campaigns, like I, I, admittedly I've never run one, but from the outside, the successful ones, they look like they are a ton of work in itself. Yes. It's just getting, it feels like to be successful, you need some insane level of like production quality of like a video and like even the mm -hmm. prototype you show off and stuff like that it, it needs to be right really high quality yes um so i'm wondering if it's actually if it's like More work. even worth it worth yeah. doing it like yeah. if yes yeah if the chances so, are high that it will not succeed then maybe not don't spend the time on it <laughs> well so the the high you know the high visibility kickstarter campaigns with like a hundred thousand dollar funding goals and yeah. 15 stretch goals and you know, they end up raising 500,000 or a million dollars. Like, yes, those are full-time jobs. Um, we need, you know, 500 backers at 35 bucks, you know, like. But how, but how do you it, get the visibility? Like, I, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that, that part would be difficult. That part would be like, we would need to create enough buzz and reach out, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, the, an, an unfair advantage we have is that Graham is a wedding photographer, um, and mm. in our D and D group, there are two like extremely talented videographers, um, and like, like shoot, you know, NFL football players, 
you know, weddings talented. And so we've got an unfair advantage there in terms of, you know, video do we need to, isn't a problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that, that video production is not a problem. Getting people to pay attention to it is, um, so, you know, we have a, we have a few unfair advantages. They don't solve everything. It's like they, they play into it to the point where it's like, we're not starting from zero mm-hmm. and we're not going to put ourselves in a position to need to raise $75,000 for the project to be successful for the, for the Kickstarter to, to, sure. to find. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it, but it is definitely why I feel, I am, I feel very strongly that we do not want to do a Kickstarter campaign until we feel like we have the game like mm-hmm. pretty well fleshed out because Kickstarter campaigns where it's like, Hey, we have this idea and here's a, here's a visual and we'll ship this, you know, in 18 months. Like those are, that's so annoying to me. That's just like yeah. fancy, yeah, you know, uh, pre-order, um, as opposed to we have put in the work, this game is ready. We have hundreds of hours of development and play testing into it. What we truly need is to kickstart the yeah. funding to, to, to produce it. That's what it's yeah. for. I, in my opinion. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Do you best, like best, case scenario, best case scenario, though, would be we start to get some traction on Kickstarter and a publisher yeah. d- decides to pick it up instead. That would yeah. that would be yeah. the way totally the way nice. best thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, is there like you mentioned that like uh, you do a run of like already five hundred copies or something like that? Mm-hmm. Is there? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the minimum on like uh, order size you have to have five hundred? Five hundred. Yep. And yeah. does do they include like preview copies or something like that? Yes. Yes. Yep. But you probably have to like pay a certain amount upfront and then get a preview yeah, yeah. and then decide it's, to. It's surprise. It's surprisingly like not uh, a huge obstacle. You know, like it's not like hundreds of dollars. It's, you know, 80 bucks for a, for a pre-production preview. Oh, um, for, especially for us, because our game does not have any custom miniatures. All of our components are standard sizes. Like every component mm. you find in our game, you, you will find in other games, like little cubes, um, little wooden meeples, standard sized playing cards mm-hmm. and hex car, uh, car, hex shaped cardboard tiles. Like we, we're in a good, we're, you know, for a first for a first game, we lucked into the idea that we did not come up with any ideas that are outside of standard component parts, mm. which is okay, really great. <laughs> so that means, like your first, like okay, maybe not your next prototype is a self-made printed prototype, yes. but then the version after that, like you could order a proper copy yes. that that that, that is also right. looks nice on video. <laughs> <laughs> yes no exactly okay, yeah, that, okay. Is, that is exactly right that is it yep this one that will sounds be much more reasonable though. then we get one or two or three you know printed built at 80 bucks 70 bucks each mm-hmm. so that then we have it share you know have one copy that we're mailing around to people we each own it we, we each have a copy and then at that point we would the, the next stage after that would be full-on production Mm, okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds like much more doable than like jumping from nothing or a, a homemade prototype to like five hundred copies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Much, much lower risk there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you could probably even pre-sell these, like the preview copies for like 80, 80 bucks or so. I, I bet so, some people would be up for giving it a try at that price point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, gosh. Yeah. It feels, it feels tantalizingly close. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we are so, so close to being able to have a physical version of a game that we came up with and designed and played. And it is fun to sit down around a table with friends and family. It is so close, but like it's that final percentage push. <laughs> it's 90% done. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like for the next the... eight months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what, that's, what's been going on over there. It is, uh, yeah, I guess I just want to just to affirm like how fulfilling it has been and like, and that this whole thing started with, I am, I'm burned out. I am fully burned out on my full-time job and on trying to create a sustainable side project that will become my full-time job based on my current level, my current skills. It's where this all started. Um, and it has been very, very successful and effective <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in that regard. There's, there's no part of me that is, that has like delusions of, uh, delusion is probably a little bit of a strong word, um, but we watched Star Wars the other day. Um, <laughs> and so uh, of thinking that I will be able to make an income from, being a board game designer one day, like that is just so freaking difficult to do. Yeah. What is, what is realistic is in five years from now, will could, might there be two or three titles out there with my name on them for sure. And that just feels so like it, it scratches this creative itch. It feels fulfilling. It does all of these things that now there, I am noticing there are just these parts of my mind that are opening back up. Mm -hmm. That's like, okay, I'm going to listen to this, these, you know, two or three knowledge project podcasts back to back and see how do I, how might I apply that either going back to headlamp or pivoting headlamp or rethinking up another idea. Like I can feel this margin in my brain, in my mind opening back up. So it's just, it's so fascinating to observe. I mean, it's hard to observe because I'm inside of it, but to, to notice it. So yeah. I just want to offer that encouragement to anybody out there who has been enjoying listening to this like different part of, of the journey here. Um, that, yeah, if you're feeling burnt out, don't push through it. <laughs> you, yeah, step, step back from it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's good advice. Yeah. I'm mostly pushing through it right now, but <laughs> well, do do you do you honestly do you feel fully do you feel truly burned out, like to the point of exhaustion and depression, burned out? I think I. No, 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 not not sure how to say this in English, but like I think I got lucky and like was able to get the curve in a way, like <laughs> not like drawn in full on burnout. I, I feel like I recovered mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, uh -huh. 
I think I'm still dangerously close, <laughs> but at least it doesn't feel like I'm descending into it as much as I was like a couple of weeks ago. Um, just because like every like work is calmer overall. Um, yeah. And I don't feel as stressed all the time. And that's, that already helps a lot. Um, so yep. I guess, I guess I'm good, <laughs> but on the <laughs> other hand, I, I don't, I don't feel like I have the, the time or the possibility to do like something totally unrelated to, yeah, to what I'm doing. Right. Yes, that's fair. So yeah, as I said, like, I can't, it feels like I have, I still have to push through it or like just keep mm -hmm. going. Um, mm -hmm. cause like stepping back would be like giving up and basically, yeah, quitting everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> Now I've got to go back to consulting, which also doesn't sound like a good idea yes. or like not doesn't necessarily sound like it would help anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're, you are totally right. In your case, stepping back from it would actually not solve the problem there. Are, so it, but what feels common in our cases though, is the need to be honest with your, with ourselves about where where are where am i right now like how close to burnout am i how close to exhaustion am i am i depressed what are the things that i notice about that and what are the things that i have in my control that are going to move me in the right direction and not just continue to push me closer to the brink yeah yeah cool and then there are multiple paths out of that decision mine happened to be a board game <laughs> <laughs> other others will be completely different but that process i think is so important for people who find themselves doing our line of work because it is yeah. so freaking common yeah i think like overall like just trying to remove like some of the stressors is helping and then like doing stuff outside of work as like it's not entirely possible of like just doing other stuff, but uh, yeah, I ordered like I ordered new uh, pizza flour today because oh yes, <laughs> is it pizza season? I think pizza season is about to start soon. <laughs> it's not raining all the time anymore, so yeah, probably yeah. go out and make some pizza. So that's that's my my yeah totally my way of dealing with this is like making pizza. <laughs> so healthy. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's see what else. Um well, uh so I am I have moderate asthma and mm -hmm. in the state of Colorado, we are at phase 1B something or other. And so people with one with a condition, moderate asthma being one of them can sign up for a vaccine. Dude, I am scheduled for my first shot on Monday. Wow, nice. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, That's exciting. Crazy. You. Wild. Yeah, I'm I am very 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 surprised <laughs> to say the least. Um and utterly thrilled. Uh so that's that's big news. Yeah, that's super big news indeed. Um yeah. My girlfriend got her first shot a week ago, 2 weeks ago. I don't mm -hmm. quite remember because she's working in the lab and like medical stuff and stuff like that. I just got to say I'm like I I think in my head she would have gotten it, you know, a couple of months ago and being <laughs> like, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, it's a nightmare. I, 
I'm so mad about all of this right now. Mm. I'm not yeah. sure if you like if you hear anything about like how how vaccinations are going in Europe right now, but it's a shit show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Verge of a third wave. Yeah. All that sort of and yeah. like yesterday they decided to stop like um or pause uh vaccination with like AstraZeneca. Yeah. And that feels like it's so fucking stupid. So that's directly <laughs> like an astronomically small percentage of blood clots, yeah. right? Like yeah. It's the that are oh. I mean I don't I I, I don't want I anyone to get blood clots and like die from like uh, a stroke or whatever. That's definitely not what I want, but it feels like the odds of it are so incredibly small compared to all the other stuff. Like, yes. Like all the other stuff people are taking, like probably has like side, side effects that are way more likely and maybe even as deadly or whatever. Mm -hmm. And nobody even blinks. And with this, like suddenly we're like, okay, yeah, no, like let's not, let's do, not do any of it and like not continue. Yeah. And like yeah. not even, I mean, in a way, before you get the shot, you have to sign a, a bunch of papers anyways that you're fully aware of, like, this could kill Any you and whatever. Et cetera. Yeah, yes. So I feel like, why why stop it entirely um, and not, like, keep going on like this and maybe, like, make that that part of the, the waiver or whatever in bold and italics and whatever. And this could potentially happen it happened like yeah. six times in a million or something yeah. like that. Right. And if right. you're not okay with that, then okay, fine. Then you can skip on this, but like stopping yeah. it entirely feels yeah. like stupid. So I'm a little bit I, mad about all of this. I, <laughs> I don't blame you at all. I mean, that's what's just so difficult about that. It's trying, trying to extend some benefit of the doubt. Um, and at the same time, having a extending a, a benefit of the doubt to to the people who are pausing the yeah the rollout that they may have some data they are trying to make difficult decisions too but it also feels like that i mean as a people we have just failed at risk integration here yeah and have over if at times overreacted in either direction so many different times that like Nobody is it. Nobody's winning here. This is God. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. Like, it just feels maddening. It's hard yeah, to put into words. Yeah. I, I mean, granted, I'm not an expert on any of this. It's like just like my outside opinion of like why this feels stupid. It might be the right choice and it might be the right call, but I, yeah, it doesn't feel right the right call for me and kind of makes me yeah. mad because honestly, like. I've been joking that I will not get the vaccine for like until 2025 or something like that. Uh, because like, if you look at the current rate, like vaccination rate in Germany and seeing that I oh, oh. am probably you like not qualified, like for anything, yeah. it will literally be like 2025. Like that's what the current trend looks like. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the speed up, but uh, who knows? Say. It's oh. Hopefully it will. I mean, the, the, the U.S. as utterly incompetent as our handling of of this whole pandemic has been, are, you know, now up to like several million shots per day are happening. And there's I would have never thought that in the month yeah. of December. I'm, and so, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, that, that sounds uh, like it's that part sounds like it's working super well. 
Um, and, and, and it doesn't that, work in Europe at all. At least that <laughs> what it what it feels what it feels like. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I hope that hope that things are able to turn the corner. Yeah. <sighs> wow, lengthy episode here. Yeah, lots for of really sure. good stuff. To, lots of great stuff to cover. But uh, yeah, I've eh, I mean I've got some I've got some year on the road stuff that I'll I'll just save for next year or <laughs> next, next year. Week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See you in twenty twenty two. Hey, I didn't tell you we're actually leaving on Wednesday, and uh, I'll I'm not going to be doing the podcast for no. Uh, yeah, no, I've got some stuff I'll I'll share I'll share next week. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, and hopefully pictures and stuff too. So. By the way, next cool. week uh, yeah. next week is MicroConf Remote. Um, are you? Joining? Yes, that's right. I, I'm I'm planning on I'm planning on attending. Uh, Ruben Gamez is one of the speakers, and I he's one of my favorite people to listen to. Yeah, um, he's a cool guy. But I'm also uh, honestly what I'm most excited about is the the um, the platform they're running it on this time. Um, okay, it's called Gather Gather Town, whatever. Like that's the the domain. And it feels like one of those like Nintendo RPGs from back in the nineties. You know, like your small, oh, yeah. your small yes. avatar, and you're like walking around, meeting other people, and talking to them. And it sounds like this will be so much fun. Like if it works, man, <laughs> this will be like this will be super fun. <laughs> oh, I'm so in. So, oh, I'm so stoked. Okay, cool. All right, microconf remote. See you there. Yeah, <laughs> we should. Was, it's uh, probably too late to plan anything, but maybe we should have like uh, planned a time and date for a small uh, meetup yeah. with, uh, with listeners. Um, maybe we can maybe we can figure something out and announce it on Twitter or something like that. Yeah, let's do that. That'd be super cool. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, if you're listening, and if that sounds fun as well. Let us know on Twitter, <laughs> especially if you have ideas on how we could organize. <laughs> I think we should just like pick a time and date. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, set up a corner in in, in gather uh, gather town gather. and uh, have some fun. Anyway, cool. Oh, All right, was nice catching up again. Uh, this was indeed a long one. <laughs> yeah, it was good catching up then. All right, talk. Soon. See you. Have a nice week.